0: Hey, this is Trevor Sternad from the Black Dahlia Murder here, and you're listening to the Ever Black Podcast. Ever Black Podcast. Hey, human skull this is odorous from Guam. We're going to go the Fair Factory. This is George Corp Under Fisher. This is Jasmine Devil This is Wade from Last Enemy. You might miss from 2007. He is Wednesday 13. This is Evangeline Rex from Kill Devil History. This is the third week of you're listening to Ever Black Podcast. Before we go into this episode, we need to give a shout-out to our show supporters, Blacklight Art Design, who are our go-to for all our screen printing needs. Check them out at blacklightad.com.au. RW Promotion, who are the best in the biz for all your promotional printing needs like stickers, flyers, banners, badges, and more. Go order yours through rwpromotion.com.au the brutal occult clothing brand Electric Witch who have amazing apparel from shirts, hoodies, hats to beanies and more. Check out their full range at electricwitch.com.au and put in the code EVERBLACK for 20% off your order. Also, Lumberpunks Axe Throwing Club who have venues on the Gold Coast, Brisbane and Perth and will be reopening very soon. Put in the code EVERBLACK to get 10% off your booking at lumberpunks.com. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review the EverBlack podcast through Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and Facebook, and check out all our articles at everblackmedia.com. All right, on with the show. On this episode of the Ever Black Podcast, I'm joined by my good buddy Mick Jeffrey from Aversions Crown, who are about to release one of the heaviest albums of the year, Hell Will Come For Us All, out on June 12th through Nuclear Blast. Now, if you like their last album, Xenoside, then you're going to really dig this one as well. And it really showcases the band's evolution as songwriters, and their new uh, vocalist, Tyler Miller is just absolutely savage on this thing. It's really a big step up for the guys, and I've been really cranking it and loving it over the last week uh you can pre-order your copy now turn it up to 11 horns high enjoy people all right mick thanks for joining us on the show man how's everything going in uh your neck of the woods
1: i'm good yeah just uh back at home for a while and Just kind of getting excited to finally put this
0: album out. Well, man, uh, of course, that new album is an absolute banger. And it's the newer versions. Crown album, Hell Comes For Us All. And that's out on June 12th through Nuclear Blast. And I think it's got my favorite stank face riff part section of any release this year. And that's uh, Born in the Gutter. Hands down, right when he, uh, you know, screams Born in the Gutter. And it just drops. Man. Yeah. heaviest heaviest of, of the year well done
1: definitely thank face with sure
0: <laughs> that's it <laughs> oh, i've been absolutely loving this album man and uh, of course uh, i have got to say uh, your new front man tyler is an absolute beast how did you find him
1: yeah we um sort of found ourselves in a position where we needed a fill in vocalist uh, a while ago and we literally just kind of just put the feelers out around um through certain you know avenues and uh, he was singing for a band called The Guild, who were based out of Knoxville, Tennessee, which is pretty far away from Brisbane, Australia. <laughs> but, um, yeah, we kind of, we loved what he was doing with his voice with that, with that band. And, uh, you know, we were kind of curious what he would sound like over an Aversion song. So we hit him up um, just with sort of a, an instrumental of one of the older tracks and just said, hey, man, this is kind of a deal. If you're maybe interested in sort of jumping on and helping us out for a tour, um, maybe uh if you could you know record one of these songs for us so we can hear how it would sound and he kind of got back to us within a few hours i think it was um he was just super keen and he did an awesome job on it and, and so he thought oh well this guy's he's got a good voice uh you know let's maybe give him a go and so he ended up he'd never even been out of america or he hadn't barely yeah. sort of He's kind of area much. He'd done a little bit of touring, but not a great deal. And so we essentially just plucked him out of Knoxville and threw him in a tour bus in Germany and told him he was going to be seeing a headlining tour around Europe for a month. So, uh, yeah, he killed it on the tour and he was a great dude. We all got on really well. And, yeah, just kind of naturally progressed from there.
0: That's crazy, man. And how how did you meet him in, in the first place with the band?
1: Like, did you uh, we, know
0: his band? Did you tour with them or or play with them? The Guild.
1: No, we literally met him at the airport in uh, Frankfurt in Germany, uh, yeah. and just said, "Hey Tyler, we hope that you're a good guy, and we hope that you can do a good job of these shows." <laughs> so yeah, it was a bit of a bit of a gamble for everyone, I guess, but um, yeah, it paid off, and yeah, it was it was actually a really enjoyable experience.
0: That's awesome, man. That's awesome, uh, and of course, it's been about what four years since your last album, Inner Side. Yeah, when was that?
1: Twenty seventeen. So yeah, whatever, three, four years.
0: Yeah. Yeah, man, it's been a while. It has been, and you've done you know a shit ton of touring in between that, and you've just kept yourself really busy. Where did your adventure take you to get you to this point of uh, the new album?
1: Yeah, well, like you said, we've been touring pretty hard out since the last one came out, so we've toured um yeah europe and america multiple times we've done japan we've done australia Um, and i guess as we were we were touring the music for this album was being written so it wasn't like we just kind of sat down and had a writing session and thought let's write a new album Uh, there was just constant material being written throughout that whole time so when it came down to uh picking the material for this album we had a fair bit of stuff to kind of sift through and and um yeah, we were able to sort of just select the stuff that we thought really worked together as an albums were the songs and and stuff had been written in you know in different times and in different headspaces and stuff. So we felt like there was you know different vibes on a lot of the songs too. Um yeah. and they didn't kind of all sound like they were written at the same time or, or whatever. So yeah, it just it felt like it was the right time to to put this together. Um obviously the the reason it it did take a bit longer to get this one out was because of the change of vocalist and it wasn't something we wanted to rush into. It was something we wanted to make sure we'd made the right decision and didn't really want to find ourselves in the same position again, you know, down the track. So yeah, we kind of uh, made sure we we were all confident with the decision we'd made before we went ahead and recorded the album.
0: And uh, man, as I said before, it's an absolute banger. Like you guys have really done a kick ass job with this album. Come out strong!
1: Thank you so much, man.
0: Yeah, man, and it's different too. Like, was there anything that you know while while you're out there in the big wide world that you'd seen or uh, experienced that had influenced the direction of this album?
1: I mean, definitely from touring, uh, seeing what songs that we were playing live went over better with the crowds, and mm. and parts of songs that the crowds would really respond well to, uh, and and parts that maybe just kind of flew over people's heads in the live setting so we kind of took all of that on board with the writing and and tried to imagine how this would sound in a live setting as well as just being something that you know works well on you know on record because sometimes things can be a bit complicated and convoluted when you play it live and it doesn't kind of you know get received the way you expect it to and then other parts that you think oh maybe that's just you know, and a bit of a throwaway section of a song, uh, people might really respond well to it. And there's, you know, like a a simplified lyric or a hook that people can kind of grab onto. And every night you just kind of see people knowing that part of a song. So you, you definitely take all of that on board. And that, I think that's just any band who, who sort of tours a lot and you kind of just can't help but be influenced by seeing what your, your crowd and, and also watching other bands and seeing what their crowds respond well to. And you just take all that on board when you write, I think.
0: So did you test run any of these while you're out on the road? Is that what you mean?
1: No, we didn't. No, we didn't. Um, it was more yeah, just sort of taking stuff from previous songs that we thought, all right, well, that song always goes down well. Or another song that we'd written on the previous album that we thought, oh, this will be a banger when we play it live. And maybe it just didn't kind of have the same feel that we thought it would. So just focusing more on the the aspects of previous songs we'd written that had sort of translated well to the live setting. But as a rule, we we generally don't, I mean, we don't play any of our new songs live until a recorded version is out. And that's because of the, the way people often, which is great. You know, people like to come to the shows and film them on their phones and all that kind of stuff. But if that's the first impression, it's as a, you know, a, An iPhone three version of us playing from a mosh Uh, pit—it's not really the way we want people to hear the song for the first time. So we'd rather uh, release the the real version and then play
0: it live after that. That makes sense. That makes sense. And I I think another thing that you guys do very well is create an experience uh, with your use of you know atmospheric samples. You know to tell you, you sort of tell a story. Each each album so far, it's like world building in a way you know especially with the last couple do you usually use those as a base to uh you know a jumping off off point but while you're writing or do you write around the samples i guess i'm trying to
1: say uh not necessarily They, they are often sort of added in to just to kind of add something to the song so sometimes we may have a sample you know that's kind of written as an idea or you might hear something and then a song is based off it but um yeah, quite often a lot of those sort of sounds and samples are sort of added in later on to kind of enhance the, the music that's already written.
0: It's, it, it's very theatrical in a lot of ways. Like, and each album seems, especially the last three, the last three seem to have like a, a science fiction type theme to them and where this one seems to take a totally different direction. Are you working in trilogies in a way, in story-wise, or, you know, do they connect?
1: Uh, I mean, we're not sort of working in any kind of trilogy formation or anything. It's more, it was time just to change. Like the band had, had done a certain thing for a, a long time. The band has been around for many years and this is our fourth release. And, and also the fact that we've changed the vocalist and the lyricist of the band. So we didn't really want to kind of just be rehashing the same themes and lyrics and stuff that we'd already done. Um, we wanted something new and we also wanted our new singer Tyler to be able to express himself in the way he wanted, as well as, you know, us saying, all right, well, we want you to write an album of alien songs. We, we kind of said, look, you know, we want to keep some of the sci-fi themes in the, in the lyrics like we've previously done, but we want you to put your spin on it. And we also want to see what else you can bring to the table in terms of lyrics and and content and that sort of stuff. So he did write a few, I uh, think there's a four-song sort of story that runs through four of the tracks on the album, which is okay. like a sci-fi, sci-fi kind of theme. And uh, there are a few sort of hints in the last track, The Final Judgment, that kind of, um, you know, touch on, like you said, like working, uh, relating back to the previous album. So there are a few uh, sort of little lyrics and and clues in that final song that do kind of go back to... Um, Tyrant and Xenocide and, and people Who kind of read the lyrics will probably pick up On those little things but um, As as far as You know moving forward we sort Of wanted to like I said experience I mean sort of explore different Ideas and, and I think that's A perfect time for us to do it with a new frontman in the band
0: Absolutely absolutely And uh, you worked with Matt I, I see you having a cold one too cheers bud yeah. <laughs> awesome man well you work with uh matt shorter from uh rtd studios on the guitars and did the drums with him at heliport studios i believe that dude is uh is, he's awesome and he's an absolute master at what he does how was it working with with matt
1: it was awesome yeah i've worked with matt previously uh but not for quite a while i did um some recording with an old band i was in and this is probably going back to maybe 2008 or something um and he was sort of just working out of a a little garage he'd he'd done up back then and um so now he's kind of got access to a lot more stuff but um even back then and and even more so now he's a real kind of perfectionist with the way he pushes takes out of you and stuff like that so you know he he really strives to get the best performance out of you and if it's not a a good enough take you got to do it again and again and which is good. I like feeling after you've recorded that you hear it back and go, well, that was the best I could have done. Like you don't want to hear it back and go, Oh man, I could have done that one a bit better or something like that. You really want to have someone there that's pushing you to, to work your hardest. And um, he did that. He worked really well with, with Will as well. So they sort of um, collaborated with a lot of the way, you know, the mics and on the drums were set up and all that kind of stuff so that when It was sent over to Will for the mix. He had everything in place, uh, the way he likes to work with it. So, yeah, it was um, a really enjoyable recording experience for us.
0: That's awesome. He did show me that uh, there was one point that he must have worked you really hard that you'd crashed out.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The day we did guitars, I think, was, was like Australia Day or something like that, and I'd just been working, like, that was my first day I'd had off in, you know, so long. And I, I remember just getting up there. I had to leave because we did it on the Sunshine Coast. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. And especially on public holiday, we thought the traffic was just going to be an absolute nightmare. So I left home at something like half past three in the morning or something ridiculous in, in case the traffic was bad. So, And I think I got up to his house way too early and just kind of slept in the car for a couple of hours until he woke up. and. And I, I had a couple of naps during the day when, um, yeah, when Chris was, was tracking his parts and stuff. But um, yeah, it was a long day of tracking, but we got it done. And yeah, you got to do it. You yep. got to do it.
0: Done. Well, that's well done. it. Hey, it, it made it look like you uh, had just been tracking for like three days straight, and he hadn't let you out. He's a work machine. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, of course, uh, the album cover is awesome too. Who who came up with the concept for that one?
1: Yeah, so we got the artwork done by a guy called Ellerin Cantor, who's done a bunch of other really cool artworks for different other bands and album covers and that sort of stuff. So when we were looking at options for, for doing this one, we wanted to do something different to what we'd done on the previous albums, which the last three albums had all had a real digital, uh, really detailed sci-fi kind of concept artwork, which I think they're all really cool pieces of art and really suited those albums but this time it was time to change something so we decided we wanted a bit more of a classic metal for lack of a better term album cover and something that was maybe less digital and a bit more raw and organic looking art so yeah his his style is more of an actual painting style so that's yeah, yeah. we sort of yeah we um we approached him and we know he'd, he'd been doing a lot of stuff for other bands but we kind of felt that what we had to offer was a really different kind of concept to the stuff he'd been doing for other bands. So yeah, he was excited to work on it. And um, yeah, he started sending back some sort of composition sketches and all that kind of idea um, to give us an idea of where his head was at after we gave him some some guidelines, which were fairly sort of broad, I guess. we We don't really like Giving too much direction uh, to an artist like that—they're, you know, obviously very professional and have a lot more sort of, of an idea of how to compose artwork than we do. So we, we give him some ideas, some lyrics, and overall themes. And yeah, as he started sending back these sketches, we were just like, "Oh wow, he, he really gets it!" And and uh, he ended up coming up with a really cool piece of art, I think. And uh, yeah, it looks—it's going to look super cool on one of those vinyls when we get those
0: shirts. And shirts Shirts and patches All the merch did he, did he hear the stuff first? Did you like Send him snippets of tracks To sort of help Guiding him as well?
1: Uh, I honestly can't remember If we did Because I don't think we had any Recorded vocals On the music When we were doing the artwork I think we'd only Track the instrumental stuff At that mm. point So We may have Sent him something But At the same time We may not have as well Because we didn't have any Sort of Vocals tracked yet So I can't remember, to be honest.
0: And uh, I mean, you worked with Third Eye Visuals for the video uh, for Born in the Gutter and Soil. Both look incredible. Uh, how was it c- collaborating with them on on, on those?
1: Yeah, well, uh, Third Eye Visuals is essentially one dude, Ben, and uh, yeah, so he's a total legend. Um, and uh, yeah, he's sort of been around the Brisbane scene for a while, and and he's sort of gotten really well known after doing a bunch of stuff with parkway drive i think um yeah. Two, yeah two with them for a long time and did a lot of cool stuff and a lot of other bands and so um yeah we wanted to do something with him for a while and the timing just kind of worked out um we had a, a very small window um to get a whole bunch of content created with him because we had to bring tyler over from america um and so yeah we brought him over to get a whole bunch of content done for the album. And it was pretty fortunate we did that before the tour. We were almost thinking about doing all this stuff while we were on the tour um, in America, but that ended up getting canceled after one show. So it was, and if we'd waited, we wouldn't have been able to get any of this content created. So pretty fortunate we got the, um, yeah, the clips done. We did a third clip, which is yet to be released. And yeah, so, yeah, Ben was so good to work with. He's super professional. He's got a really great vision. Um, he really understands what the, the vision of each clip was and, and brought heaps of cool ideas. Um, and once again, yeah, really pushed us to get the best takes out of everyone for every, every clip and every shot we did. And, yeah, so um, once again, just a really enjoyable experience working with him.
0: So I actually didn't know that. You were actually over there. Later show when all this was going down. Is that right?
1: Yeah. So we oh, were supposed shit. to be on tour for six weeks. So we had a tour with uh it was with die is Murder, Fit for an Autopsy, Enterprise Earth, and a band called Un Mizir from Iceland. So we all flew over to the United States. Uh so the tour was scheduled to start on the 12th of March. So we got there on the evening of I think the 9th, which was the Monday uh tuesday wednesday we had to sort of get everything ready um so you know doing all the running around getting the merch and the back line and the the vehicle and all that kind of stuff and on the tuesday obviously things had been a bit crazy back in australia with um, the pandemic you know with the panic buying and stuff like that but there was not really any kind of real fear of the actual pandemic kicking off it was more just people panic buying and that kind of stuff. When we left, and so we weren't really concerned about it. To be honest, we went to Walmart, and it was pretty crazy in there. Like you couldn't even buy a single bottle of water. But um, we were thinking, all right, well, if Australia is crazy, America's always going to be crazier. So that's pretty pretty standard. So we, uh, yeah, we did two days in New Jersey, and we were just kind of getting ready. Had a bit of a rehearsal. Wednesday night, we're hanging out with Thy Art and Fit, and we kind of all. You know, he's almost joking about it, going, I imagine if the show got cancelled or because of this crazy thing. And uh, and uh then when, yeah, when was that? So Thursday morning, morning of the first show, we were heading to Philadelphia and uh we hear word that Seattle might be cancelled and we think, all right, well, that's pretty crazy. But, you know, if a show is cancelled, I guess it's not the end of the world. Uh We get to the venue and, yeah, it's confirmed Seattle's cancelled. And that was about two o'clock. And then... By the time doors opened at six o'clock, the tour manager told us, he said, boys, just letting you know the first week of shows, uh, all the venues have canceled. Um, so we don't know what we're gonna do for the first week, but uh, we'll keep you posted. And then we were due to go on stage around 8, 8.30. We're just about to walk out and the tour manager grabs us and goes, boys, this is gonna be the last show of tour. As soon as you're finished, you have to pack up all your stuff. We have to get your merch out. We have to get you back to New Jersey so we can try and get your flights back to Australia because the whole country is just about to go into lockdown. So, yeah, it was kind of going from the excitement of the first show of a big tour to, holy shit, um, we have to get out of this country. Are we even going to be able to get back to Australia? Uh, it was a pretty weird vibe. Um, we didn't sort of let the crowd know anything about what was going on at the time. We just kind of got out there, did the job, played a show. I think we played quite well considering. And that was it. We, we got out of there. We, um, we drove back to Jersey by the time we'd sort of got back there and sorted out all the gear and stuff. It was about five in the morning, had to get up again about eight o'clock to go and take the, the van back. Uh, and we ended up being able to get a flight home from New York that day On the Friday, and we were back home Sunday morning in Australia before any of the crazy restrictions and stuff kicked in later on that day. So we we missed all that by a few hours too. So yeah, it was a pretty wild week of my life. But um, you know, the things I can take out of it that are positive is that everyone was healthy. We all got home safe, uh, and you know, we can sort of carry on with it down down the track. But um, you know, it was a huge bummer big financial loss for the band but um yeah. you know what can you do you have to just kind of roll with the punches and um yeah so we hope hope to be able to get back on track at some point but um yeah for now we're just looking forward to the album release
0: glad you guys are all safe and you made it home because that would have for been sure. terrifying man like everyone's watching it unfold so uh yeah glad you got back home in time and uh, of course i mean this year i believe mark's 10 years of the band is that right yeah 10 or 11 years something like
1: that but um yeah it'd be at least 10 years i think yeah
0: man so i mean looking back at all that time you know your journey to get to this point what, what's the biggest lesson that you've learned as a musician and, and touring and everything like that what's uh what kind of wisdom uh,
1: always expect the unexpected um i mean always it's you know prepare for the worst but expect the best as well um, yeah so many things you can learn from it but um, I think overall you got to kind of just keep positive and enjoy what you're doing because you know it's especially being in a band from Australia that plays extreme music it's it's never going to be a big paycheck or anything like that it's mm. you got to do it for the love of it and as soon as that's gone if you're not loving doing it um, because there's a lot of you know there's a lot of not glamorous parts of being in the band there's a lot of traveling and waiting around not sleeping not eating missing out on a lot of um things back home and stuff like that that can kind of grind you down if you're not really loving what you're doing so i think the, the most important thing is you just have to love playing music you have to love everything about the lifestyle and if you do that you're gonna you know you're gonna have a great time and and um even when unfortunate circumstances happen you'll bounce back and you know, there's something good will always come from it later on. So that'll be my words of wisdom.
0: Very well said, brother. That's awesome. And, uh, of course, what's next for you guys? Uh, I know it's, well, hard to sort of really say, but uh, have you started sort of trying to make slow plans for after the release of this? And, you you know, you mentioned there's a new clip you, that you're releasing and, and maybe some shows in the new year. Is that on the cards?
1: Yeah, so we've we had a... um an Australian tour that was I think supposed to start maybe even this week uh, or maybe next week. But, um, yeah, that's been rescheduled for December at this point. So yeah, all the shows have now been announced and locked in for December. The tickets are on sale for that. Um, so that's really cool lineup with Diatus Murder, Dying Fetus, Enterprise Earth. for right. you know, So, um, yeah, tickets are on sale for that now. So as far as we know, that's all going ahead, and we're looking forward to that. Even though it's a few months away now, but um, you know it'll come around. So uh, you know, time time sort of creeps up on you pretty quick. So hopefully, that's kind of the kickstart of our uh, touring cycle for this record. And and um, yeah, we had quite a lot of stuff lined up to tour and promote promote it that uh, is no longer happening as planned. So Yeah, we're kind of just sort of in limbo with that um, and waiting to see how everything pans out in different countries and and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, I think it might be a little while till things get back to normal. So in the meantime, we're just sort of staying productive. There's been a fair bit of behind-the-scenes stuff to get ready for the album release, but even still, there's still um, new music being worked on. There's always something happening. So the band never, you know, even if... It might not look like there's anything happening on social media. There's always stuff going on. So, yeah, we've got um, – yeah, we'll have, we'll have things in place for, you know, when it's time to to figure out what the next step is after the release.
0: Awesome, man. Well, uh, thanks again for hanging on the show, dude, and having a beer. Of course, uh, the newer version's Crown album, Hell Comes for Us All, is out on June twelfth. Take care, bro, and uh, I'll see you probably around the coast sometime soon. And <laughs> if not, uh,
1: yeah, yeah. <laughs> cheers, brother. Yeah. Cheers, man. Thanks, Adam.
0: Planning on traveling this summer?